following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are Ron and Ron Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is The Twilight Saga, Eclipse, directed by David Slade, starring Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, Taylor Lautner, Bryce Dallas Howard, Billy Burke, and Dakota Fanning. Eclipse is a 2010 romantic fantasy film based on Stephanie Meyer's 2007 novel Eclipse. It is the third installment of the Twilight Saga film series following 2008's Twilight and 2009's New Moon. This film currently holds a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Isabella Swan was a normal teenage girl in a normal world until she met Edward... <laughs> <laughs> Until she met Edward Cullen and Jacob Black. Since then, she has been up against a sadistic vampire, the Volturi, and an angry werewolf, Paul. (laughs) 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 What? But what lies ahead is something only Edward's brother, Jasper Hale, can help the Cullens with. A newborn vampire army created by a revenge-ridden Victoria for what Edward did to her mate, James. Mate for mate, as Victoria sees it. (laughs) That's a quote? (laughs) Mate for mate. (laughs) Is she Australian? That doesn't even... But what she doesn't know is the Cullens have a secret on their side. With graduation coming fast, Bella gets more and more worried about becoming immortal. And the fight. But the real question is, who will she choose? That, uh... (laughs) This makes absolutely no sense. This has nothing to do with this movie. Do they have a secret on their side? I don't remember that. (laughs) Okay, Twilight Eclipse. Here we are, back to the world of Twilight. (laughs) Forks, Washington, yet again, the world of Bella Swan. Did you ever think you'd see this movie? I never thought I'd see the day that we'd ever watch the Twilight movie, but here we are. I know Kevin was dying to see this after his rousing success of New Moon. Kevin, every day, Kevin was like, when are we doing Eclipse? When are we doing Eclipse? He was dying to see where this story went, right? That is wildly inaccurate. Kevin, what is your history with this? I have no history. Still, my only exposure to this entire series has been when we, I'm sorry, when you forced me to watch Twilight New Moon, which was a terrible, terrible movie. I saw this in the theaters and I saw it with my brother and a friend and I ruined it. Me and my brother ruined this movie for the other person we went to go see it with. And you know what? I don't, I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. I remember enjoying parts and not enjoying a good portion of the dialogue scenes in this movie and well we'll find out if the same thing happened this time I guess yeah I've never seen this movie before quite frankly I never wanted to see it either but hey here we are following through with our initial promise to <laughs> cover all the Twilight movies I guess uh, I never promised that did you okay. I don't I don't I never promised there was never that. a promise made where we would cover all the Twilight movies no. what about that night we cut our palms and like rubbed them together Blood. okay let's do what we always do at the top of the show we'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did First up, Kristen Stewart. She really didn't have that big of a role in this in this uh, installment of the Twilight Saga. I thought that she was boring and uh, wooden when she was on screen. And when she wasn't, I was pretty into this movie. Yeah, everything with, with her on the screen was a, a disaster in this film. But I don't know that it's her fault. Like, for me, the jury's still out on her as an actress. Because I have only really been exposed to her in, in these movies. And this character is just terrible. It's a terrible character. She's so boring and she sucks the light 
life and of everything. I saw her in Snow White and the Huntsman. She wasn't that bad. She wasn't like this. Really? I mean, you could tell it was her, but... I just think this, this is a terrible role to play. She wasn't as bad as New Moon. Can we agree to that? Well, that she wasn't it, as big a part of it. I mean, New Moon was like almost all her, yeah. right? This movie was 25% her? Uh, maybe a little less than that. Yeah. Yeah, and it only benefited. I'm going to say that every time there was a Bella-centric scene, the movie was just terrible. Absolutely. The, the movie just lost all steam completely. Kristen Stewart just destroyed this thing. But again, uh, is it her fault? I don't know. You're right. It's the character, right? Yeah. She's the vampire because she sucks the life out of the movie when she's on screen. Kevin, you could write the Chicago Sun-Times. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Robert Pattinson. Same thing. He looked extra sickly in this one. <laughs> yep. Extra pale. You, what was the quote? What? Joel, you, you said he looked like he had stage 30 cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I said he looked like he had stage 10,000 cancer. <laughs> and that his cancer had cancer. I don't know. He, not, lo- he looked terrible. I'm going to say he looked sickly not because of his color, just his overall mannerisms and uh, just, he didn't look good. I know you really liked his eyebrows. Okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> that's that's something, we got to talk about that later. Next up, Taylor Lautner. Now, we all remember that in New Moon, he tried to double the size of his penis. <laughs> <laughs> but in this one, it seems like he kind of scaled it back, right? Well, it was too big. He wasn't as beefy as he was the last time. Yeah, I, I, it looked to me like he was a little more cut and not so big That's in this like, one. You know what? He might not have had as much beef, but the beef he had was grade definitely a. grade oh, A, yeah. very savory. Hey, don't get me wrong. He is still flying high at a five out of five here. He's a five out of five beef for me, too, but he's a lean cut. Team Jacob. Oh, yeah. Team, oh, yeah I'm still hard, hard, hard <laughs> Team Jacob. <laughs> I'm a real hard. <laughs> but how did he do this time around? I mean, he's probably one of the more interesting people to watch out of all of them. He's emoting. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's emoting. I, he's not a good, he's, he's, he's not a great You know actor. what? I take that back. He was great. He actually had like one or two really good scenes when he was talking to, yeah. to Bella, put her in her in her place. I thought he did a really good job in some of those things. You know what though? Again, I'm going to side with Kevin on this one. That's his character. And uh, so he's getting scenes where he's allowed to emote and act, whereas Chris and Stewart and, you know, Robert Pattinson were not. Yeah, they're handcuffed by these roles. They right? really are. They're really pigeonholed into, like, who is allowed to act and who has to remain kind of subdued. It's really unfortunate, I guess. Next up, Bryce Dallas Howard. She replaces Rachel Lefevre from the last <laughs> one. Bryce Dallas Howard. She's real hit or miss. She didn't really do much in this. She How many lines did she have? Five, six? Yeah. The physical acting she did was, was really good, but, um... Even when she was running super fast. That looked great. I don't even know why they even bothered to replace the actress. This character did nothing. It was very anticlimactic too. Like, this is supposed to be a big villain mm-hmm. of the series, and she didn't do anything, really. You know what's really weird? That's just bad writing on Stephanie Meyer's part, I guess. They're replacing someone with Bryce Dallas Howard. That's gotta only decrease the amount of money that the movie can make back, right? Her paycheck's gotta be a lot bigger. Okay, let's get into the history of Twilight Eclipse. In February 2009, Summit confirmed that they would begin working on the Twilight Saga Eclipse. On the same day, it was announced that since New Moon director Chris Weitz would be in post-production for New Moon when Eclipse began shooting, he would not be directing the third film. Instead, the film would be helmed by director David Slade, with Melissa Rosenberg returning as screenwriter. Director David Slade originally spoke against the Twilight series, stating that he wouldn't go near the franchise. Shortly after he was announced as the director of Eclipse, he quickly withdrew his previous remarks, claiming it was a joke he was doing to promote some comedy 
shorts. Summit Entertainment revealed that they would replace Rachel Lefevre, who played the evil vampire named Victoria with Bryce Dallas Howard in late July 2009. They attributed the change to scheduling conflicts and Lefevre responded by saying she was stunned and greatly saddened by the decision. Bryce Dallas Howard was initially approached to play Victoria in Twilight, but she rejected it as it was too small of a part. Taylor Lautner told Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy Kimmel Live that the censors required the werewolves have no genitalia whenever they appear on screen. That's a shame. Robert, no, it really is. That's a crying shame. Robert Pattinson refused to let his eyebrows be plucked or waxed down as they had been in the previous two films. That is very noticeable. Kristen Stewart received her high school diploma by correspondence one week before filming Bella's graduation scene. She took a mock graduation photo with an extra so she'd have a photo of herself graduating high school. In order to tie the lunar eclipse on June 26, 2010, Summer Entertainment hosted screenings of the first two films in the Twilight Saga film series in 12 cities throughout the United States. If you guys remember, New Moon came out on a new moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eclipse is the fourth movie of 2010 to reach X million and ranks 36 on the all-time chart of the USA and Canada. Compared to its predecessors overseas, it grossed X amount against New Moon's much higher amount. Therefore, internationally, Eclipse remains the second highest grossing film in the franchise with how much worldwide? 400 million. 700 million. Kevin is close 693 million against New Moon's 709 million. The film was re-released into theaters on September 13th, 2010 as a celebration of lead character Bella Swan's birthday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bella. Wow. That's amazing that it made less money than New Moon. You think it should just be like an upward climb for each one? It didn't eclipse the previous movie's earning potential. Martin, Martin. <laughs> Well, this movie was nominated for a bunch of awards, and I mean a lot of awards, but I cherry-picked a few interesting ones. So, at the Golden Raspberry Awards, nominated Worst Picture, Worst Director, David Slade, Worst Actor, Taylor Lautner, Worst Actor, Robert Pattinson, Worst Actress, Kirsten Stewart, Worst Screenplay, Melissa Rosenberg, Worst Requel, Remake, or Ripoff, or Sequel, Worst Screen Ensemble, and it won for Worst Supporting Actor, Jackson Rathbone. He also was nominated for The Last Airbender, and nominated at the Teen Choice Award. Awards. Woo! Four. Choice movie, sci-fi fantasy. Choice male actress, sci-fi fantasy. Kristen Stewart. Choice male actor, sci-fi fantasy. Robert Pattinson. Choice male actor, sci-fi fantasy. Taylor Lautner. Choice movie villain, Bryce Dallas Howard. By the way, Taylor Lautner won that award. Well deserved. Winner for choice movie scene stealer male, Kellen Lutz. (laughs) Nominated for choice movie scene stealer female, Ashley Green. Hey, she should have won that. She stole every scene. Wait, she didn't didn't win that? No, but... uh, These kids have really poor choice. It was nominated for choice movie lip lock, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Also nominated for choice movie lip lock, Kristen Stewart and Taylor Lautner. Nominated for choice movie breakout star, male Xavier Samuel. It won for choice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is a category? (laughs) Winner for the 2011 Teen Choice Award. Choice Vampire, Robert Pattinson. That's... Wow. Nominated for Choice Vampire, Nikki Reed. Nominated Choice Male Hottie, Robert Pattinson and Taylor Lautner. So Choice Vampire is a category in the Teen Choice Awards that has been fabricated solely for the Twilight series? No, no. It dates back to like the dawn of Hollywood. It's an ancient <laughs> award. Kevin, thoughts on the Teen Choice Awards? They never cease to amaze me. <laughs> 
irresistible proposal. <laughs> Choice vampire? Did he actually... That's ex- where we are now. All these stupid movies and TV shows have done to us. We have Choice <laughs> Vampire Awards. This is outrageous. <laughs> okay, Twilight Eclipse. This is shot well. It is shot well. I'm gonna, this movie kind of grabs you, I think, right off the bat as far as the Twilight series goes because I think the movie is shown and shot competently. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it has a pretty good score to it. I mean, I was grabbed from second one when we we see this guy out in the rain. We don't know who he is and he gets attacked by a vampire. And that scene is like exhilarating. Like it hooked me from the first second. Yeah, that's when I thought to myself like, wow, this is directed way better than New Moon was. Okay, so Bill and Edward are in this field. They're talking. Bella is proposed with the idea of marriage and for some reason she's pretty anti-marriage when it comes to uh, Edward for some reason. Yeah, she starts throwing out some false statistics. Oh yeah, you're pretty upset by that. Yeah. She said 66.6 repeating percent of couples. Yeah, that's her exact line. 66.6 repeating. <laughs> yeah, she says two thirds of marriages end in divorce, which is completely false. She said 50%. She, you know, she said two out of three, dude. Yeah, she said two thirds. I don't know why she's anti-marriage. This, this doesn't make any sense. Her character, it's, right? it's so anti-Bella character, right? It's so outside of her character. Given the events of the last movie, how she was so gung-ho, like, I want to be with you forever, all this crap. Now she doesn't want to marry him? It's really she's, bizarre she, because... She's willing to become a vampire forever, yeah. but she doesn't want to get married. What the hell is that about? Isn't them making her a vampire and then making her part of their troop, like, isn't that... Marriage? That's worse than marriage, right? That That's forever. That's, like, permanent. As a married forever. man, you're accepting that the proposal of marriage is a horrible thing. It's worse than marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so she's not willing to marry him for the what would be the rest of her life as a human being. Yeah. But she's willing to stay with him for eternity <laughs> as a vampire. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Look, once a dumb character, such a stupid character. Really once, bad. Once she gets turned to a vampire, she's essentially married to this person forever. Yeah. The end. It doesn't make sense to me. So after this scene, we cut to Bella speaking to her father. Apparently Jacob, eh, he hasn't been feeling right as rain these past couple weeks. I guess this is trying to insinuate that we have left off where the previous movie ended, where they got in a large fight at the end. So Bella tries calling him to no avail, and so she decides to get in her truck that this was stolen amazing. from the Ken farm, and apparently Edward teleports into her truck because it won't, for whatever reason, he's quote-unquote trying to protect her. I thought that it was he was trying to outrageously control her and sabotage her truck Absolutely. and then not explain anything to her. Which is, is what a weirdo, what a creep. This, this is, is true love. True love is where he controls the other person and bends them to his will. So let me get this straight. So Bella was going to go in her car to visit somebody. Visit one of her childhood friends. Yeah, but instead Edward rips her car apart and says, no, it's for your own protection. Listen to me. I know better. That sounds super healthy, right? Well, he treats her like a kid, like like his kid. Yeah, they're going to do this for eternity, huh? Very great relationship. It's amazing that people latch on to these characters because they really are these two characters, they're the weakest point of this story. They have, I agree. This they, whole this whole world, they're they're the weakest link. It's really interesting because this whole story hinges on their relationship, and their relationship is, in my opinion, toxic. Mm-hmm. It's it's not really a relationship at all. It's a series of events that control them in this bizarre pseudo infatuation. You could almost say this is like a giant morality tale, or cautionary tale. But they're, they're loud like lauded and applauded. Yeah. Everybody is like, "Yeah, this is an amazing." I, I'm jealous of what you have. <laughs> yep. I don't want anything even remotely similar to what they have. It, oh, it's bizarre. I mean, re- remove 
the vampire aspect of this. If you're friends in real life with Bella or Edward, you'd want that person to get out of that relationship. Either one of them, right? Absolutely. I would never come right out and say it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you can't that's... say that, but you'd want it, right? Yeah, you'd be rooting for something to break them yeah, up. Yeah, you'd be like, this is a terrible relationship. You guys are <laughs> not working. I mean, like, at the end, after it eventually collapsed and disintegrated eventually, because that would be the... It's inevitable. I mean, it's ine- at, it, it would be at, inevitable. At, at, it's, it's inevitable. You know, you would say, you know what? Whatever you so- do, guys, don't have a kid. <laughs> The kid, I thought it was going to fix everything. (laughs) (laughs) We're inevitably moving towards her becoming a vampire, right? She's got the numb, cold, unfeeling part. Yeah, absolutely. She's She's three quarters of the way there already. But, I mean, that really should be the ride we're on with this story, is her progression towards becoming a vampire and what that means and what that would do to a person emotionally. That's not the the journey we're on at all. What is this movie about, really? It's about a vampire war or something, right? Yeah. That's what this whole plot was about at all mm-hmm. i mean it was about the, the last movie was like plotless and this movie is about victoria getting revenge and assembling a vampire S- army dumb. versus the colin clan which is more interesting than what well, we got okay. the last time uh, you know let me, i'm gonna big picture question here what did this movie do for the overall plot of the twilight universe nothing i don't feel like it did anything really like at the end of the day we're almost in the same place we were when we started this except one of the characters is gone who was pretty much useless anyway. None of the main players died or changed. Yeah, they're, they're all the same. None nothing was you, Nothing happened to advance the story arc. This is just like an episode, like a little mini adventure they went on that amounted to nothing, really. Yeah, I mean, I think this was the lost opportunity because at the end of the last movie, it was decided she would become a vampire, right? But it had a date, right? It was it was her graduation date. Why didn't we just jump forward to that? Well, no, because, but I think that this could have been useful of her facing the harsh reality of what becoming a vampire means. Can we all accept that she is completely blinded by this infatuation with Edward and it's keeping her from thinking logically? That or she lacks the ability to think logically about what it means to be dead? That was one of the interesting parts of this movie. Multiple characters flat out say to her like, this is a really, really, really bad idea. It's not It's not even, yep. ins- it's not insinuated. It's They flat, flat out say it. it. They- like this, you are stupid. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Edward himself says it. Edward said it, Rosalie, Jacob. Rosalie gave a life story and a cautionary tale. There's multiple flashbacks, which are, you know, that's, that's, we'll talk about that later, I'm guessing, but are infinitely more interesting (laughs) than what's going on in this movie. But what it comes down to is they're essentially explaining that the life that they're living is horrible. And if they were given the choice to do it all over again, they would never opt to become a vampire. And that her choosing to do that is insanely stupid. It's amazing. It's like she's seeing it firsthand, too. Like, she's, these people are telling you, they're looking her directly in the eyes and telling like, I hate my life. This I wish I was dead, but thing. I can't be yeah. dead. It's the worst thing that's ever happened, ever. And at the end of the movie, she's like, yep. convert me now. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> take me. And, I mean, she sees some of the most brutal stuff that this life will have for her, right? I mean, she sees people getting ripped apart. It's really weird because you, it could be interesting if you had this, um, you had these two options where her love for this individual out, outweighs 
conveyed the infinite sorrow that she would have as a vampire. But the relationship that she has with Edward is flat and flaccid. Yeah, it just is not. It's non-existent. Floppy. And it's, and it's not. Yeah, it's just limp. It's, it's a noodle. You know, limp. It's, it's a limp noodle. It's no, it's noodly relationship. You know? <laughs> It's gross. It's soggy. Moist. It's runny. I think what's really unfortunate is that you could be set up with a situation where she could outweigh the horrible aspect of her being a vampire with her this amazing love that they have, but that just doesn't exist. It's weird. It's like, why is she doing this? There's no motive. Again, we keep saying this, beating this dead horse. I'm going to be. I'm going to beat she, it until it's a pulp. This character is one of the worst role models for girls ever. Absolutely. Ever. The complete opposite of the kind of character you would want a young female to look up to. Completely and total opposite. This person is not independent. This person is not emotionally secure or grown. Codependent. Oh, I mean like everybody is partially codependent, but I mean this person She's 100% dependent. 100% codependent. Without the, she flat out says with, without you I would die. Really? Is this stuff fleshed out more in these books? Like, is that what we're missing? (laughs) Perhaps uh, you have a homework assignment. No, I am not going to be reading these, but I have to think that some of this is fleshed out in there, right? I mean, I I just don't see what the appeal is of this quote-unquote love story. Well, once again, this is the question that we ask every single time we watch one of these movies. Why do these characters love each other? Did we get more of an insight this time around? No. No, it, it seems like for no reason at all. There's just... Because we're told that they love each other. That's it. Yeah. And, and we have to be repeatedly told that they love each other. So, for whatever reason, they decide that Bella should hang out with Jacob. So, Edward kind of trans Transfers her over to Jacob, and it was around this point that we got our first shirtless Taylor Lautner scene. Twenty-eight minutes in, this was when Kevin cheered. Yeah, we were cheering. We yeah. were just like everyone clapping, was cheering, hooting and hollering. It was funny, right? I mean, they had a little more fun with this one than they did with the previous movie. Yeah, I can say that. The last one was really stodgy. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, so Bella's gonna go hang out with Jacob for a little while, and Jacob takes her to the tribal council tribunal thing. It looks like they were just telling stories around a campfire, but sure, campfire, roasting s'mores. And apparently, she's the first outsider to ever visit the tribe. Yet again, she's so special. Bella's the special chosen one for reasons unknown. I don't, I don't know. I guess, and they're all okay to have her there for some reason, right? Yeah, you would think that it would be a very sacred. And special the ancient tribal event. council. They're like, yeah, go ahead, come, come on in. Yeah, apparently it doesn't really matter much to them, I guess. Oh wait, this is the girl that that hangs out with our mortal enemies, the vampires, who smells like a vampire. Yeah, sure, come on in. Well, during this sequence of events, they tell this story of an ancient tale of the Native Americans versus the original vampires in America. And I gotta admit that this story was actually more interesting than the entire movie that we saw. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have minded watching that. Absolutely. As a, as a full-blown movie. Essentially what happened was the Jacob's ancestors were werewolves and they encountered the first vampires that came to America or whatever. And they managed to kill one of them, but then his lover came back and got revenge on everybody and, and murdered everybody in the town. And the last werewolf remaining couldn't defeat her because she was too strong. But one lone woman sacrificed herself by stabbing herself in the gut with a knife and bleeding to death, which the blood 
blood distracted, distracted yeah. the vampire lady that's allowing the werewolves to get the upper hand. This is a pretty interesting story to think about because the core aspect of this story that they're teaching the, the werewolves is that self-sacrifice is extremely important. Not you should think of others. Should it, it's, it's something that should be held in the highest, highest and regard. most honorable regard, which is very untwilight. Yeah, it, that is so counter to what this whole plot is about. Bella's all about herself. Jacob's all about himself. Edward. Edward's all about himself. Really, something me, else. Me, 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 me. So I thought that was kind of out of place, but interesting nonetheless. I, I thought this is one of a couple of these flashback sequences that are in this movie that are all way, way, way more interesting than the movie as a whole. The Collins and the Native Americans essentially join forces because they become aware that Victoria and her group of vampires are going to attack and are going to try and kill Bella. Victoria's army are new blood vampires that are apparently super powerful. So your first six months of being a vampire is your most powerful? Yeah, it, it turns out that when you're first bitten and change over into a vampire, you still have some of your original human blood or fluid still in your muscles. That doesn't muscles. make any sense. And somehow it makes you extremely Why? strong. But Why? What the- but for whatever reason, your weakness is that you lack the ability to control yourself when you're around blood. Yeah, they're kind of like in berserker mode. Right, right. So it that, that turns out to be a weakness of theirs, but physically they're never stronger, which... How does that make any sense? Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive. Like, we later we find out that these vampires are made out of, like, crystal or diamond or something. Like, they're they're not flesh and blood creatures. They, mm-hmm. when you cut them, shards of minerals shoot out of them or something. <laughs> rocks come out of them. Well, let me ask you this. At this point in the movie, what rating would you have given this? Right now, if we stopped the movie, just turned it off and asked each other what we would have rated, I would have gave it a solid three out of five. Yeah, it was pretty three. entertaining. Yeah, three. Absolutely. I was shocked. With, with high hopes. Like, it looked like we were on the right track. It's not like... Yeah. Yeah. three now. It was surprising. Well, during this part of the movie, I was like, wow, I really want to hate this movie, but I can't. I'm actually like enjoying it. Uh-huh. Not only that, we're going through a training scene. I was like, there's nowhere to go but up. You thought that there was going to be great. There's this big promise of a huge battle to yep. come. It was moving fairly quickly for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like the reason why this movie is working is because at this point in the movie, Bella has pretty much said nothing. Nothing. She's just been a passive observer yep. watching what other people are doing. This goes to show you that everybody else is just so much more interesting to watch than this stupid character. Which again, it's pretty interesting that a series that's so popular as this has such a boring protagonist. Yeah. No, I mean you're, you're right. I and mean, we've we've already brought this up. Bella is just, she's a proxy for whoever to project themselves on. Stephanie Meyer. I'm gonna say during this training scene too, I had a real sense of dread. Like, they're all getting ready for this battle with these with these vampires that they're, they're building up to be like super powerful like we don't have a chance against them unless we have a game plan like i really thought going into this like we're gonna see like a real fight with real consequences for characters that we are familiar with already i thought i mean that would have been nice i knew the story going into this i'd already seen it but yeah leading up to it you would have you would have assumed that maybe one of the main characters might not have made it yeah well yeah what's the outcome of this giant battle nothing nothing changes and it it wasn't even that interesting i thought when they fought no it wasn't no i mean they, they build up these newborn vampires to be like super powerful but they did demolish them <laughs> like it's not even a, it's not even a fight right i mean no no it's a joke <laughs> it is it <laughs> I mean, 
at the end of it, all the main characters had like a scratch on their face or a bruise on their arm. It was fine. Yeah. No one died of consequence. Yeah. They would just roll these guys over. It was, we all agree that New Moon was pointless, right? Completely and totally pointless. New buffoon. Yeah, exactly. That was a waste of time. Mm -hmm. But this plot is pointless too. Yeah. But then again, it was more interesting than New Moon. So what does it mean? What does it all mean? Does this appeal to to us more because there's more fighting fighting and stuff? Probably. That's got to be it. The previous movie appealed more towards the female audience because there was a more involved love story and more more dialogue. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go gender lines on this. I'm just going to say that. No, let's be as sexist as as possible. possible. Let's be as misogynist (laughs) as humanly possible. (laughs) Crank up the misogyny levels quick. I'm going to say that New Moon probably appealed more to book fans because it was just straight up dialogue with people talking to each other. Whereas this appeals more to the average moviegoer because things are happening. It was action. Just, just, just Not just fighting, just literally things are happening. Yep. Events are taking place as opposed to nothing is happening in New Moon. Mm-hmm. No, Jill's, Jill's right because it's not just fighting. When you, if, if you were to take all the scenes where there's actually fighting going on, it probably isn't that much if you were to cut out the end fight scene. I mean, there's a build up to something, there's anticipation, yeah, yeah, there's, rising uh, action. There's, there's a rising action, there's a climax, there's, you have a story structure, a pretty defined story structure with events surrounding them. It seems to me that, that the first one is absolutely critical. You watch that just to set everything up. Two, pointless, you can skip it. Three is pointless, you can skip that too. And then you just dive into the last ones and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, that makes essentially sense, right? true. Yeah. Because they're dancing around this whole Bella, I'm, I'm gonna be a vampire, this, that, and the other, but like, they just like skip this crap and go straight to that. You know, like, it took seven installments for Harry Potter to fulfill the promise that they said he was going to do like in the beginning. Yeah. But each of those individual installments leading up to that was like, they were really interesting. Taken individually, they were interesting. Absolutely. Plus there was actual real growth. You start out with little kids and you got essentially adults at the end. And this, everybody's stagnant. No one's changing. No one's learning anything. No. Yeah. Why do people like this so much? (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know. Something really interesting happens in this movie. It turns out that uh, (laughs) Bella and Edward have the house alone. This is like really weird because for Bella, okay, this makes sense. She's 17 years old. She's in high school. Edward is a hundred thousand thousand years old. Billion years old. Why, why, why is he like, oh yeah, my fake parents are out of the house. You're 120 years old, man. Like, <laughs> my, my fake parents, that's right. <laughs> wow, that's a really good point. Like, they don't even have that aspect of They don't have that. You're 120 years old. Oops, my parents are home. We can't hook up. Like, they don't even have that aspect of it. Like, why would your fake parents man. care. You're essentially you're super old. So it's just like your college roommate being there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even less than that. Even less than that. It's just some guy I know. It's just some guy you know. Just some guy. <laughs> just some grown man sleeping on your couch. That's the level of com- camaraderie, I guess. But <laughs> they're not even friends. <laughs> not even friends. They're just, they're stuck by circumstance. They're all vampires. You know, that's another thing that's not explored, though, too, right? I mean, these people are stuck with each other to they're, a certain extent. They're stuck and they're, mar- they're married. They're intermarried. They're they're married to each other. Like a, and they a have people own- that are almost four. Forced into marriage with each other. Yeah. But these people get along better than, like, a family does. <laughs> like, 
it's it, they should be hating each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah hell is other people. After the almost sex scene. Oh, there's a proposal. Yeah, Edward pulls out his, the proposal. his mother's ring from 1612. He's like, he's like laying on the bed. He pulls it out. And he's like, he whips it out. He whips out. He whips it out on the bed. Kevin, did you feel complete and total inadequacy because your proposal just did not stack up to Edward's shockingly romantic proposal? My proposal beats his proposal <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that. Fact. I mean, that was pretty damn romantic what I saw Robert Pattinson do. Yeah, right. Will you marry me? Would you do me the infinite, infinite exceptional honor of being me. my wife? You guys, are, are you have way too much emotion in your voice right oh, now okay, as yeah. you're reading this? All right, so after all this crap happens, Bella is hanging out with Jacob out in the woods, and Jacob gets a little frisky. He crosses the line. He mans up <laughs> and does what he should have done a long time ago. Uh, yeah, you know what? I actually agree with this, actually. Yeah. You gotta do a power move, right? So he says to her, you wouldn't have to change for me. Which is a great line. Yep. And, and that, I mean, that means something. I mean, that, that needs to be considered from her I love you for what you are. Yeah. And I would never, ever consider entering in a relationship where you'd have to change who you are. I, it's beautiful. You, Yeah, you can't beat that. So he reaches over, he grabs her, and he, he lays one on. He goes in for the kill. I mean, he it's a power move. Yeah. It's a power play. She was in there. She was in the moment. She she was living in the moment, right? She just she wasn't fighting him. It ends. Then she gets a little frisky and she, she punches him right in the face. A little too much. Shattering her hand. Little, little. So what does that mean? Does that mean just as like she threw a ridiculous punch and her hand was like in a weird way? Or is he like made of adamantium and shattered her baby hand? Against- He's unbreakable and she's... She's Mr. Mr. Glass. Oh, you guys. <laughs> so far, this movie's been a lot of ups and downs, right? Whenever Bella's not on the screen, skyrockets, like skyrockets in flight, afternoon delight. <laughs> it's just amazingly fun and exciting. We were all sitting there with. What the hell was that? <laughs> a pen has just flown out of Joel's hand wildly. That's how excited That's I how was excited he is. watching yeah. Twilight Eclipse. I mean, whenever Bella's not around, this movie is like firing on all cylinders. It's exciting. We were like there with rapt attention, like, oh, what's going to happen? But next, it's great. What's really interesting is that whenever Bella's not on screen, we, yeah, we are in completely full, fully into this movie. And when she comes on, we all turn to each other and just start, just yeah, start talking, giggling like schoolgirls and like, talk, blah, blah, the whole time, right? Every single time Bella spoke, we completely disregarded her and just talked amongst ourselves, right? Because, yeah. yeah, but you know what? She's not a character that needs, like, her dialogue is worthless. <laughs> No, look, it sounds harsh. I'm going to call a spade a spade. It's pointless. I, we didn't need to listen to it. We gleaned what we needed to from... Yeah, she was a, a waste of time. But I have here that around the 49-minute mark, we got a cameo. It's a triumphant return of one of Yes That Bad's favorite sons, Mr. Cameron Bright. He really Back was... Back in action. He really was a bright, shining star. Oh, my God. So happy to see this guy. What is this, the 7,000th movie we've seen with him in? Mm-hmm. He's really subdued in this movie. I mean, as he gets older, he's starting to lose his luster. Yeah, like, is, is this a part that leads to something? Because, I mean, he's had big roles in movies, right? Yeah. Yes. A, a good number of movies. Ultraviolet. And he's relegated to this one-line role. You know, he probably wanted to hang out with Dakota Fanning or something. Yeah, maybe he'll do a power move, grab her, <laughs> give her a kiss. Oh, maybe. <gasps> Behind the scenes, gossip. Joel, you should work for OK. <laughs> People Magazine. Yeah. Cameron us. Bright, what do you think? Us Weekly. Did he or did he not elevate this movie to high art the moment he came on screen? He delivered one line and it was as dead 
deadpan as you can <laughs> as you can deliver a line. He was sh- Shakespearean Patrick Stewart delivery. This is like ultraviolet all over again, right? His line recitations. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's calm down. He gave one line. One line. Tell you need. You can't compare it. One and done. You, you know what? Compare. You know what? He had one line. That's all he had. Did he? How do you mess that up? How do you mess that up? Did he have more? Look, if that's your only portion of work to do in a movie and you mess that up, you got a problem. There's a huge problem. Well, Dakota Fanning was probably distracted. Was, was was dropping deadpan lines too. I mean, is she that stunk? Is I that she was bad? In I this. mean, is that what these these Voltori are supposed to be? Like lifeless turds? Yeah, turds are really good <laughs> description for them. Speaking of that, you they're, know, they're, the they're, supposed to be, they're supposed to be Voltorbs. They're really they don't do anything oh, and then they great. explode. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> in the last movie, the head of the Voltori is Michael Sheen. Yeah. That guy just was the only worthwhile thing in that piece of crap. Mm-hmm. That guy was cheated. He was nowhere to be found in this movie. He was probably acting in some movie. Yeah, he was somewhere else. God knows where actually acting. I mean, he is, was super charismatic. Yes. But then all the other Volturi are dead. He has to carry them all on his back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we move to the mountain for the final fight scene where Victoria's vampire army and the Cullens and the werewolves are set up to do their final battle. Everything is set up and essentially Bella is going to be removed from the battlegrounds in a tent where this is just so dumb where Victoria is going to be lured with the other main vampire that she has I guess puppeteered to fight Edward they knew where they were going before this absolutely and they knew that it's pretty damn cold up in the mountains right but instead they get like a tent that's paper thin yeah so Bella is like dying of frostbite or something and because Edward is a cold turdsicle (laughs) the reptile yeah he's he's reptiles from Mortal Kombat he's reptile he's pulls his mask off it's just a CG lizard CG tongue yeah Bella can't cuddle up with him because there's no body heat so they gotta get Team Jacob in, in there yeah tag yeah. in Team Jacob and he comes in strips off totally naked <laughs> that's not what happens it's Greco-Roman style he's flopping around every which way and then he just slithers into the, <laughs> to the sleeping bag and cuddles up to Bella turns it into a Dutch oven really warms her up quick yeah even says it's be a lot faster if she took her clothes off also man I gotta I gotta say so throughout the course of this movie Jacob kisses Bella earlier on Jacob's shirtless and hugging Bella now again Jacob's half naked and like huddling with Bella in a sleeping bag and Edward is right there watching being cuckolded pretty much yeah he is he's being cuckolded he's forced to watch and what's going on what is this like what am I watching here we're watching Twilight cuckold what's really great about this scene is that Edward is telepathic so he can I guess hear or see or smell kind of- Jacob's boner his <laughs> girlfriend apparently Jacob is just having fantasy after fantasy of yeah flights of fancy yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's he's thinking about afternoon delight while Bella's incapacitated with hypothermia. <laughs> that is pretty funny. He's just having like sexual fantasy after fantasy after fantasy, one after the other. And Edward's and, and, like, and Edward's "Can you please stop having fantasies about my about, about my fiance with your weird boners next to her?" There's nothing he can do. He's like, "Sorry, I gotta do this Sorry, to keep bro. her alive, bro." There's nothing he can do. They have a they have a heart to heart to heart where Jacob and Edward are having a heart to heart, and they're both gonna take it to heart. Did Team Edward and Team Jacob put aside their differences here? Finally? Gentleman's agreement. Gentleman's handshake. We're both gonna love her. But we don't have to love it. Or let her pick. Love it or leave it. They should have uh, 
King Solomon to her, just slash her, her in half. half. Am I just not connecting to this movie? But I want her to be with Jacob so much. <laughs> It's upsetting, right? <laughs> it really, like, it really is. Like, I'm just like, this is so stupid. <laughs> Pick Jacob. It's crying out loud. It's infuriating, right? Edward sucks so hard. I just I don't understand it. There's no competition. I don't even, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. This guy's alive. You don't have to become an undead monster. You, he's got a, he's got a really great Warm family. Penis. And, and, and you can't, you can't even say that he's not superhuman or strong because he is. It's an underlying frustration that I, I just gnaws away at me. It flies, it, it, it flies in the face of, of logic, right? It's always simmering under the surface for it you. It really just is. Away. And it undermines anything that they really try to do with this. Bella's an idiot. She's just an idiot. Man. It's just You know what? As much I, I don't know what they're trying to do, but if they're trying to make me hate Bella, they've succeeded. Absolutely. I hate Bella and I hate Edward. Mission Absolutely. Complete. Mission complete. I hate these people. And they're the protagonists of this movie. Just give me a team Jacob movie. I'll see that. Him running around in the woods. <laughs> Peeing on trees. Yeah. As a wolf. I'll watch that movie. Okay, so the final fight scene occurs, and it's really underwhelming. It's unfortunate because they had this great buildup. Yeah. It was and boring. when you finally get there, is these vampires come out of a lake. Like it's they're zombies. I thought. Yeah, it looked you know black black lagoon. I guess. Yeah, they all got beaten like they're nothing, right? They rolled over them. Yeah, this was not the epic battle that they were building up towards. And they made it sound like the vampires we know we're gonna have a really difficult time going toe to toe with these guys, but that wasn't the case whatsoever. Did, did they even say something like like one of them alone would be tougher than the beat? Yeah, there was some throwaway line like that, right? No human army could stop these guys. Yeah, one of them, and they got a whole bunch of them, and then whatever. It's so stupid. Well, while this giant epic battle... Is, is going on up in the woods where Team Edward and Team Jacob are commiserating. The villain of the story, Bryce Dallas Howard, Victoria appears. I prefer the villain just to be Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah. No, Ron Howard himself <laughs> appears in the mountains. No, so the villain shows up and she's got her little king of fools with him. Would you agree? Yeah. That's not fair. He was like hypnotized. It's not, it's not like he chose. Still a fool. Oh, was he really hypnotized? It looked like he had a choice there. Yeah, he did. He was... Isn't that her power? She has the ability to control people by suggesting the, the, the power. They just pick and choose what powers people are going to have from scene to scene. I can see into the future. I'm super strong. I can fly. I can... I can sense when someone was here. It's just, they just pick and choose whatever's convenient for the story. Well, in any case, we're led down to the final fight scene between Victoria and Edward, who... This whole thing's uneventful, except for one very <laughs> interesting thing. For the coup de grace for Bryce Dallas Howard, Edward, I don't know how he does this, but he gets behind her and he flips her with her neck. And you see that her head is starting to crack like she's a a rock statue. He flips her in the air and through the magic of editing, he's behind her again. It's really confusing the way that this scene is cut. And then let's really break this down. So people at home really try to imagine this. Edward throws this woman into the air 10,000 feet. Million. billion feet into the air. air. Okay. Cut. So, okay. Shot number one, Edward throws her. Cut. Shot number two, she's flying through time and space. (laughs) 
Cut. Shot number three, Edward is behind her and grabs her and catches her. So for shot number two, if that was the whole movie, you would have loved it. She's oh, yeah, just her flying through time and space. <laughs> so really, it's just like one, two, three, th- throw, flight, catch. Then it's- shot number four is Edward biting her neck, I think. It's really confusing. This is just edited so poorly. This really needed a shot of Edward running to the other side of the field or whatever to catch her. Because as it stands, it looks like... He didn't move. Like he didn't move. He threw her completely around the earth. The complete circumference of the earth. To himself again. Yes. Yes. He put her into orbit. Uh-huh. Absolutely. This is very bad, right? This is really badly shot. It's super confusing. We rewatched yes. it like 20 times. I mean, it, and it, it shouldn't be very... because this is this is him killing the villain, the main villain of this movie. It's a very minor two. thing, but it, it, it is something you can nitpick, and it, it, it takes two seconds to fix that. Yeah, interesting fun fact about this movie. This movie was originally edited by some guy, and then the director and some entertainment, they were like, this movie's not exciting enough. So they fired him, and they brought back the new Moon editor, and and this person re-edited his edit, mm. and that's what we ended up with. So this, this this is one of the side effects of that, I guess. We get this weird cuts of, and you're right, this is the big villain, and this this should be crystal clear when they mm. kill the villain of the past, you know, three movies or whatever. Yeah, very anticlimactic. So this movie ends with Bella and Edward saying, "I do. Let's get married. Next installment's gonna be the big wedding. Great! Hooray! Hurrah! I can't wait. I'm super excited. You can't." hide it. So that's Twilight Eclipse New Moon 2, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. Kristen Stewart, an actress who shows amazing range and ability when not playing Bella, continues to do her best imitation of a cardboard cutout here. James Berardinelli, real views. That's brilliant. That's true. James Berardinelli. brilliant, man. James did again. The stars remain a boring threesome, Stewart limping through supposedly impassioned speeches as though Bella already were one of the cold-blooded undead. David Germain, Associated Press. And finally, the Twilight Saga Eclipse is just one more Walk on the mild sides for tweens who dream of being penetrated by cold flesh that will keep them young and cute forever. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Wow. <laughs> That was, that, that was a hell of a comment, yeah. Okay, guys, this movie currently holds a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, but is it really that bad? You know what? 49% is pretty accurate. I'd say about half this movie was entertaining. The other half was dull, especially the dialogue with Bella. It was just completely lackluster, and I had no attention or tolerance for it. Is this movie a complete wash? I don't think so. You know what? I was riding on a three through a lot of it, but at the end, it just fell so flat, and a lot of the movie unraveled, so I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. It's not the worst thing ever, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. For me, no, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, yeah, that's not a terrible score to begin with, but, you know, I think if this is on TV and I picked it up at the, you know, the right spot, I would sit and watch more of this again, and I think that's enough for me to give it a 3. I mean, it, it sucks because this is another one of those movies where it had a lot of potential pretty far into the movie, and it just really dropped the balls as, you know, as we got closer to the end. And, Darkest Hour? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a three. Better, way better than I thought I would give it. And a huge improvement over New Moon. Oh my oh, god. That's for sure. I mean, that's it's like a... night and day. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is probably 
probably going to be the best installment of the Twilight movie series. Is that safe to say? Probably the last one. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was enjoying this. I was shocked. I couldn't believe how much I liked this movie. I was writing on a three. Like, this is like good stuff. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, am I actually going to enjoy a Twilight movie? But all the Bella scenes and the pointless blah blahing about who cares, pointless crap, really brought it down for me. And then at the end of the day, and you stop and you look at it and you're like, wow, this movie is completely arbitrary and unnecessary. Like, this plot was just, it was nothing. It was useless. So that really kind of dragged it down for me. Like, you don't really need to see this movie. So I would have given this a three, maybe even a four. Like, I was enjoying it, like, in the beginning, but uh, huge downhill decline. I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, like, this movie has problems, but they're different problems than what New Moon had. And and they're on a different level of dysfunction. Okay, let's read some listener mail. Paul writes in and says, when you guys brought up the King of Fools, I actually thought immediately to the episode of Superman where Darkseid reveals himself and calls Bruno Mannheim the King of Fools. Love that reference. Mannheim. It was either the episode called Father's Day or Tools of the Trade. That's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, he was intergang, right? Intergang. Mila writes in and says, I know you guys probably got a ton of emails saying, no, don't get a girl on here. It would be awful. I understand where you're coming from since quite a few podcasts seems to suffer when someone of the opposite sex comes on, usually because the chemistry is off or they can't quite keep up with a host or hostess. And I can't lie, when I first heard your female guest so many months ago, I inwardly cringed thinking it would be as bad as it usually is. Imagine my surprise when I found out that she actually had funnier moments and better chemistry than Martin had with you. There's a reason for that. There's a very good reason There's for that. There's a very, very good reason for that. <laughs> there's an if it, there's something. Yeah. Which we there's are not allowed to, to divulge. Which I'm not allowed to divulge, but, but safe to say. Truth, truth be told, like, truth that's, be told, there's, that's not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are hating because they've been burned before with someone bringing their girlfriend onto their show. And the vast majority don't want a female perspective solely to defend bad movies with a breast having demographic. But I personally wouldn't mind if you brought that previous woman back. She definitely fit in with the flow. I don't really expect you to do it, but I wanted to let you know that not everyone hated your female friend. She was funny, brought up some good questions and ideas, and didn't seem to the type to get on the defensive if you guys hated a movie she liked. From the responses this week, I'm guessing I was the only one who felt that way about her. Yeah, this whole thing about should we have a girl on the show, I was surprised at the responses I got. They were all from women, all extremely negative. They're like, (laughs) absolutely not. Do not put a girl on the show. I was like, wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I didn't expect that either, but... But No, but I got a lot of messages, all (laughs) all of that style. Look, I don't don't think having her on the show is in the cards anymore. (laughs) (laughs) If only we could talk about it. If only we could explain what's happening. We all signed non-disclosure agreements. We're not allowed to (laughs) by law. Jamie writes in and says, I love the impromptu dramatic reading in the number 23 episode, and it got me wondering, how come you don't do the dramatic readings anymore? I love listening to you guys trying to keep your composure when reading some of the best lines known to man. Love the show. And if you would be so kind, give us a shout out for our comedy troupe, The Gutter Snipes on YouTube. Looking forward to hear Kevin once again. 
a nice email about me for a change. What a shock. Congratulations, wow. Kevin. Yes, it's dramatic readings. What happened to that? It's the same thing that happens to everything else on this show. We don't do it because it requires more work. <laughs> so Laziness. It's laziness. It's it, There's nothing else to it. You have to stop the movie, write down the quote. <laughs> then you got to <laughs> stop. Up on you look it up on IMDb. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. Joel, you're going to do that? Eh. Nah, come on. And it's not something that we actively said, that's it. We're not doing this anymore. No, no, it's just laziness. It just happened. It just kind of naturally yeah. happened. I don't know. Maybe it'll come back in the future. Who knows? I'm sure if there's a quote in a movie that is so egregiously uh, bad, uh, horrible, it's I mean, going to happen. There hasn't been a quote as bad as the one that was in Showgirls. Oh my like, that was absolutely worthy of it. And that's, in my opinion, that's the best of all the dramatic readings, yeah. is the Showgirls one. And I don't know, there just hasn't been one yet that really is of that caliber to single out. There's nothing in this movie I thought that was no. worth discussing. No, there, there wasn't. Lee writes in and says, what do you think about the Avengers? The answers are mixed between super fans and people who hate it with a burning passion. So we all saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there was people out there that hated it. I don't love it. I don't even think I really like it. I think the story, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm, I gave it a four. Four. I gave it a three and I'm leaning towards a two. I thought that there was too many characters and there's stories were too jumbled together. I thought it was a rip-roaring adventure tale for the ages. Hilarious. I was rip-roaring, knee-slapping, side-splitting yeah. the whole time. Yeah, we had a really good time. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. We had to wait in line like 76 hours just to get into it. 760 hours. <laughs> The line was from the theater back to Mars. And I mean it in the literal sense. Like we were floating in space for several of those thousand hours to get into the theater. It was worth it. I did not have that experience. But I, I mean, maybe I was, I don't know, maybe I had like a bad it's burrito definitely or one something. of the most enjoyable but, uh, movies of the year. I, I was having a ball. Your yeah. brother hated it too, right? Yeah, yeah. He disliked it even more than I did. And I don't know. Well, well what's, every, your, every what's been man, your track record with this? With Marvel movies? Yeah, yeah. With the, the Iron Mans, like all the movies that led up to this. I loved the first Iron Man. I thought it was hilarious. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. Absolutely. He's a, you know, out of control, alcoholic, you know, pompous guy. And he plays it very well. Of the current Marvel Avengers series, I think the bookends are good. Iron Man's good. Avengers is good. Everything in between is mediocre to piss poor. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Now it's time for the question of the week. And the question comes in from Christopher. And Christopher says, says, I've seen movies that were awesome up until the ending. After seeing the ending, I end up hating it. The reverse has also happened. Awful movies have ended up being awesome because of the ending. So here's my question of the week. Can the ending of a movie change your opinion of it? I think so. I think the ending oh, yeah. has a big impact. Because yep. that's what, I think an ending can like completely retroactively ruin an entire movie. Because mm -hmm. if you don't like the ending, that's what you're left with. That's like the that aftertaste in your mouth that lingers with you the longest and you're going to be like telling everybody like, oh, that was terrible, that was terrible. Not only that, if the story in any way, shape, or form has mystery aspects to it, or the storyline is dependent on a key event that's going to happen at the very end, it's like, like a keystone, if it's bad or poor and that crumbles, the rest of the movie kind of falls to the wayside as well. And it can work in reverse. I, I totally agree with that comment. You ever see that movie called Waiting, dot, 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 with Justin Long? No. No. No, no you never saw that? There's a comedy. I thought that movie was a piece of garbage. But at the very, very end, they had this 
one joke, one simple joke that I'm not even exaggerating when I say that I fell to my knees laughing. That's not a joke. I actually fell out of my chair like laughing. I was like, whoa, saved. <laughs> Three out of five. So yeah, it, it can go the other way. Movies are ruined by the ending. There's quite a few. Uh, the Village? I think Signs. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> wow. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Shyamalan effect, yeah. yeah. Did we say that like at the exact same time? Yeah, exact same time. <laughs> I agree with the villain. Signs. <laughs> yeah. So once again, the question is, have you ever seen a movie that was completely ruined by the ending or saved by the ending? Head on over to yesthatbad.com. Leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. Now it's time to announce the movies for the next listener's choice poll. And the theme is Bounty Hunter movies. And the movies are One for the Money, starring Katherine Heidi versus The Bounty Hunter, starring Gerard Butler. As for next week's movie, we're going to take another trip into the video game world with Doom, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Can't wait for the BFG. So to recap, head on over to yesatbad.com where you can vote in the poll between One for the Money, which has 2% around Tomatoes, <laughs> or The Bounty Hunter, which has 12%. <laughs> And tune in next week when we will be watching Doom, starring Sir Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yeah, it's that bad. You can also follow us on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kev. You can listen to the show on all your mobile devices devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com slash yeah, it's bad. Put in the promo code. Yeah, it's bad. And you really will be helping out the show. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next time. But if they ever want to give out choice podcast host awards, yeah, we would very much appreciate it. <laughs> Do we have the team demographic? We have the 100%. 25-year-old college farter. We have the 25-year-old college fart master. Yeah, we've, we've cornered the, the fart, fart market. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very influential market. They're big spenders. We're major players in the fart market. Buy low and sell high in the fart market. Insider fart trading. <laughs> <laughs> However that works. <laughs> you knew I was going to fart. <laughs> you didn't tell. You didn't disclose it. Okay.